Hello, welcome to another episode of the Basketpod. Today's a very special day because bringing on one of my one of my brothers from another mother, but at the same time, a podcast genius, a radio star. Uh, it's T. Bob Aber, former LSU center, and now ESPN radio guy in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, everywhere around. T. Bob, want to say what up? Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Bryce, what's up, man? It's uh, it is a pleasure to be on the pod. Thank you for having me. Of um, congrats! Do you, do you hear any banging around in the background? I have my beautiful little six-month-old daughter Alice with me now. You're so we good, are, bro. Uh, she's she's awesome. But uh, but yeah, this is my because I do morning radio. This is generally how it works out. We're like I go do my work, and when I get back from work, I'm on baby duty, so my wife can do her work. But uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, so so I host, like you said, I host some morning sports talk show in Baton Rouge. It goes over in New Orleans too. We're expanding to some other. Louisiana markets as well. We mainly talk LSU. We talk Saints. Um, I have single-handedly forged the way for Pelicans talk. I've been laughed at at every turn, but by the end of last year, people were loving them. Some Pelicans finally. Uh, it was and, and it was it was the best. It was the best. But uh, but yeah, so, so it's been it's been a ton of fun. Um, I, I just love radio. I love this business. And then I I guess I've been doing this now. I'm 29. I've been hosting a daily show now since I was 23, so it's been about five or six years of wow. just talking That's a lot awesome, every single day, and uh, it is fun. And yeah, I've, I've I've got to watch you kind of grow up, which is crazy. And now yeah, you're in the pod game. And uh, congrats to you, though, dude. Brentwood High School kicking ass. You I know, know, bro. Thanks to the Lord Bros getting write-ups in the L.A. Times. That's, yeah. uh, dude, that's big time. Yeah, it was pretty. it was a pretty cool weekend. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I go to Brentwood School in Los Angeles, and we have a crosstown rivalry with the Pacific Palisades High School, huge public school. First time we ever played them in football, and we won 14-13 to 13 with only, in, basically what happened is five minutes left, we're down 13-0, and oh, really? Things, yeah. I didn't see all that. I saw the final play. No, yeah. So we were down 13-0 with five minutes left. And then Cole made a really nice throw on a sluggo, uh, 40-yard touchdown. Devin made a really sick catch, like, on the 50. We were on the f- we were backed up on our own five. It was, like, a 95-yard drive to start. Then uh, the other team fumbled when they were just trying to run the clock out. And we, wow. we capitalized. We wow. won. It was, it was pretty awesome. And the next oh, day... Dude. Next That's day, I incredible. wake up. I'm in the time, so it was it was cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Also, yeah. uh, look at look at Devin, dude, getting it done. Yeah, all no. the toughening up we did of Dev over the summer, all of Blackwell's torture that he threw Devin's way seems to be paying some dividends here. Oh, I know, man. Will Blackwell, one of a kind. He is. I got to bring him on the podcast at one point. <laughs> former former LSU All American who has also hung out with us. Who is. The biggest dick in the world, but it's all out of love. Oh yeah, it is completely all out of love. But uh, so T Bob, let's we're gonna get right into it. Yeah, LSU football. We gotta talk about it. I know this is a basketball podcast, but come on, we're three and zero. You know, yeah. d- beating two top ten teams. How are you feeling? Is this the best you've felt in a while? It's it's pretty crazy, man. As someone who. You know, I've, I've, I've covered LSU very closely. Uh, you know, I said I've been at radio for six years. Most of that time was spent in New Orleans, but I've been back at Baton Rouge for almost two years now. Yeah. 
And I think this is the biggest win that LSU has had uh, easily since 2011. Um, I, I had multiple people kind of texting me, <clears throat> excuse me, multiple people kind of texting me that, telling me that. I mean, there is a feeling following this win that has not been here for years. And, and it's especially been a dark couple of years since the firing of Les Miles because in the Coach O hiring, this was a hire that was very controversial. For sure. And it only got more controversial in the meantime when you look at some of the mistakes of last year. Like, I mean, the main black mark losing to Troy, losing to Notre Dame in a bowl game you probably shouldn't have. And so a lot of people didn't like the direction of this program. And a lot of people were expecting the worst this season. And now you're 3-0. and mm-hmm. You have two top ten wins, which no other team in the country can claim. And mm-hmm. when you look at those resume, dude, it's kind of crazy. He's not won nine of his last 11 with three wins over top 10 teams. I think it's something like overall, he's like 12 and four and like four and two against top 10 squads. So, I mean, Ed Ogeron has, and, and, and look, and this is what I constantly said during the offseason with LSU football, but this applies to any team in any sport anywhere, is that for all the negative talk, for, and look, and I did not think they were going to beat Auburn, so I was right there with you. But like for all the people that say that you can't do it or you're not good enough, the great part about sports is that they don't ultimately control your own destiny. You do. Exactly. If you go out and you win the games on your schedule, then nobody will say anything. Like You can dictate the narrative that surrounds your team. And that's what this LSU team has done. And now everybody's very happy. Everybody's very positive. You're ranked number six in the country. The excitement for the season has been, you know, raised even anew. So it's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun here, man. You would have got a kick out of it. I live kind of close to campus right now, and immediately after the game ended, I went outside, and there's like people honking and yelling, and and then like all these little college kids are like coming out of their dorms, and it felt awesome. like they were like blowing the horn to rally. They were like. Ooh, we're going to the bars. Yes. Bars, people, let us go. It was like ants pouring out of the ant <laughs> and everybody was just ecstatic. So uh, it's, it's kind of hard to overstate just how important that win was for the, no, for sure. for, for the fan base and kind of the, the, the fan confidence, investor confidence, if you will, in the Celsius football program. You know, it, I, I couldn't agree less. I mean, that game... You know, last year we also beat Auburn, and it was our biggest win of the season for sure. And Another game that I picked him to lose. Exactly. Uh, so I've been wrong with Auburn two years in a row now. And Jarrett Stidham has played, like, statistically last year, he was like 9 for 26 for LSU. So I was yeah. kind of worried um, that he was going to go off, but the LSU defense kind of shut him down in the beginning and then at the end, and then... We got our, our 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 new star of a kicker in Cole Tracy from Assumption <laughs> College in place, Worcester. Right? Sorry, yeah, he's from yeah, uh, he's from South South. Uh, he's from uh, SoCal, isn't he? Yeah, he went to Newberry Park, which is a pretty local school, about forty minutes from where I'm at. So, nice. yeah, he's nice. and then he went to D two Assumption College in Worcester, Connecticut, and then to Baton Rouge. Pretty pretty big uh, change. Like I, I saw a stat he he played in front of eight hundred people. Last year, that was the biggest crowd, and he his game-winning kick was in front of that LSU crowd at uh, uh, at Death Valley. So you know, pretty big changes, but it's awesome he's living up to the hype. It's- I mean, no, it's it's it, that is a story that anybody can appreciate because here you have a kid, like you said, he's playing in front of like high school crowds, 
for his whole three first years of college over there at Assumption. And then his first game in Miami, he, uh, against Miami and Jerry World, he plays in the most watched game of the weekend with over 6 million viewers tuning in. Tuning in. He goes 4-4 uh, or 3-3 three three in that game. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but but he, he balls out, gets SEC Player of the Week. And mm-hmm. then in game number three, he comes back. Hostile environment. 80,000 plus in that stadium. Yeah. Millions more watching on TV. And he hits the game winner, and he wins SEC Player of the Week again. So this dude has played three Division One games, and he has two SEC Special Teamer of the Week honors. It's been a pretty, uh, it's been a pretty unbelievable start to Cole Tracy's career at, uh, no, no, at yeah. LSU for sure. And now, as far as Stidham and the defense, LSU stopping Stidham goes. Yeah, something fascinating. Cole Kublik, who uh, works the SEC Network, he broke down the film and he pointed something out to me that I found amazing. LSU actually only blitzed more than four guys one time that entire game. Interesting. So they were only bringing four and dropping seven in coverage. They wanted to beat Stidham by making it very, giving him tight windows, making it hard to find open guys, and generating a pass rush with four. And because of the 3-4 system that Aranda uses, he can rush those three down guys, and then he adds in the fourth from wherever he wants. So it looks like he's blitzing, because you have Jacob Phillips or Devin White up the middle, or you have uh, uh, like a like a backer off the edge, but but in the end he's only bring. It was like yeah. if you like to nerd out over game film, it's worth um, getting on YouTube and checking it out because he he's one of the premier defensive minds in all of football right now. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, LSU. I just I hope we keep it going. It's obviously a really hard schedule. With you still have to play Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama, but. Alabama has to do that too, so you know we can't have excuses. Georgia has to do it as well, so we just got to keep yeah. going. Yeah, and, and and it's one of those things where, like, I mean, now I think the big test is like I'm still not expecting them to beat Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, um, though having both those games at home is huge. Like maybe you luck into one of those. No, um, yeah, for that's sure. What's also interesting is that I think objectively now you can say that expectations have changed. And that, like, you should beat, you know, people are going to expect you to beat every other team on that schedule. Exactly. Because what you've done this first three weeks. So you still have a very tough game against Mississippi State in Tiger Stadium. You still have a very tough game against A&M where I think you're traveling to College Station. I mean, yes, you are. Like, you are indeed. That looks like a very hard environment when Clemson had to go down there. So one thing that fascinates me is... Fan base's happiness, like whether or not a coach gets fired, whether or not a fan base is happy, it all has to depend on where does a team land in relation to expectations. Okay. Expectations were low at the beginning of the season. Else was far exceeded those expectations. Everybody's pumped, right? Well, now expectations are rising. And so the big task for LSU is can you meet this new level of expectation? Like can you go out – and be the team that everybody now believes you to be. And on that, we'll kind of uh, we'll have to see. But I will say this. it's It's been a lot of fun up to this point. No, yeah, I can't even imagine. I'm really happy for the program. Um, still, I'm going to keep the topic on LSU, but I'm going to s- flip it over to basketball. You know, this season's pretty big for LSU, I think, in basketball. You know, November 6th is the first game. 
I think they're playing like Southeastern or something. Just someone light, but yeah, it's, it's it's a light beginning schedule. I think they play. Don't they play in like one of the invitational? Yeah, they're, so they're playing. Uh, they're playing. I think the invitational in the Bahamas, I believe, versus okay. with the one with like Villanova. So hopefully yep. we can see a potential LSU Villanova matchup. But you know, we're bringing in four top fifty recruits, um, a few really good JUCO guys. Cavell Bigby Williams is eligible this year. Yep. How do you feel with Tremont Waters coming back? This team is stacked. You know, in really an are. SEC that honestly I only see Tennessee as like the really big team. Kentucky doesn't even look nearly to as good as they usually are this year. So, what do you think? I mean, I it, it is kind of crazy like Speaking of expectations, just how quickly a program's expectations can rise, sure. and it's all about the coaching hire. I mean, it's all about Will Wade, man. Yeah. So for those that don't know, LSU went out and they hired this guy, Will Wade. He was um, he was at UT Chattanooga, then he took over for Shaka Smart at, uh, what school is that? Why am I playing? VCU. Yes, 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 over at VCU. Exactly. Maybe both places there. But he's a young cat, right? Like, I want to say he's, like, mid-30s, maybe even early 30s. He's mid-30s. Okay, yeah, so mid-30s guy, great energy. But he is one of those coaches, man, where he just looks to be transcendent. Like, he's one of those guys where when you sit down and you even, like, you're at a press conference with him as a media member, you're like, oh, like, okay, like, this guy's something special. He just kind of exudes that. He exudes his kind of authority, his intelligence. And then when you look at what he's done on the court, it all backs that up. I mean, last year he took an LSU team that was supposed to be complete garbage, led them to a few impressive wins. For sure. Um, they, 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 they had some upsets along the way. I mean, beating Texas A&M twice. They beat Michigan yeah. at that Invitational last year. That was a team that was not terribly talented. Uh, they outplayed, you know, they, I think their talent. They made the NIT. And then you take that, and now you give him players that he's actually recruited. You give him the top five class in the entire nation, which I don't know if they're now just in the top ten, but, like, either way, a, a, a true top-level recruiting it, class. It's like, a top-five recruiting class, believe it or not. Yeah, there you go, a top-five recruiting class at LSU. When two years ago, this program was dead in the water and nearly held winless in the SEC. Like, basketball, too, is a sport especially where uh, Malcolm Gladwell does a great podcast called Revisionist History. In one of the episodes, he talks about strong link sports versus weak links, weak link sports. Basketball is a strong link sport. And what I mean by that is you can improve very quickly by improving your best overall player. A sport like football needs more team building. It's a weak weak link sport right because you have 11 guys on the field and you look at a game like soccer okay well if you have 11 guys you know eight guys can have good passes if the ninth doesn't then that ruins the other eight guys work so it's a situation where in those sports you're only as strong as your weakest link at basketball where a player one player makes up 20 percent of your team on the court at any given time getting that one special player can immediately vault you to way ahead of where you were previously. So when you have a top five recruiting class and you have a guy like Tremont Waters, who's one of the best point guards in the nation returning, um, you start to become very excited yeah. about this LSU team, man. So like, as far as what we're expecting around here, it's, it's definitely NCAA tournament or bust. But I mean, people's expectations are even higher than that. And, it's, uh, and a lot of it goes back 
to Will Wade, who I, I'm telling you, man, if you, if you ever get to sit down, talk to this guy, chop it up with him, he is, he gives off an air of authority that is kind of something to to behold. He's uh, he's, he's sure. a special coach. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Just from watching the games from home, when I look at Will Wade and his white uh, button-down shirt is completely, like, wet, you just know how much he can <laughs> Like, he sweats, well, and, and, he sweats and out he through sweats every so game. And, he just, well, and, and that's the other thing about this is he looks like an unathletic nerd. Exactly. Like, nobody, nobody would – and he never even played. Like, I think he played in high school. But he definitely never played in college, no, yeah. and yet he. But but he just loves basketball, and he loves coaching basketball, and he understands how to motivate, how to recruit, and how to coach. And so, for anybody out there who's always wanted to coach, and maybe you don't think you're the best player, well, Will Wade should inspire you because he's now getting paid millions of dollars, and he's very good, and he looks like unathletic, like like legitimately just does not look like an athlete, and he's not really completely. But, uh, but but he just he, he gets it, man. Completely, I I'm very excited for the season. But the 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 season I'm most excited for is you know um, coming up October 18th. Pelicans basketball is back, baby. We are. Let's go. We're so close. We're so close. Houston Rockets in Houston on ESPN. The big we get the big spotlight now because of that huge playoffs we had. How do you feel going into this season with this new look roster? I mean, I don't love starting with the Rockets because you're going to lose that game, and yeah. then people are going to be like, "Er, dude, told you, man, pills suck again." Yeah. Um, I am cautiously optimistic with this roster. Um, I think, like everybody else, I was a bit shocked with the Cousins and Rondo situation and how everything went down there. After talking to people further and maybe getting some more information, I'm, I really actually don't care about the Kings. <laughs> I actually heard that there might have been even a little, I don't know, that maybe the relationship in the locker rooms weren't maybe as good as we were led to believe. Okay. And so I'm not too worried about Cousins leaving. I, I, I am still a bit upset about Rondo because Me too. apparently that is a guy that they did fully expect to have back, but then the Lakers just kind of made him an offer that the Pelicans couldn't match. Uh, so, so I think there's a ton riding on the shoulders of Alfred Payton. Yeah. Um, can he be that starting point guard? Because, like, to really unlock the potential of Drew, you you want Drew playing the two. Yep, I, um, I couldn't like, agree more. Yeah, that's that's where he's at his best. You saw it in the playoffs last year. Um, he definitely wants to build off of that. So I hope Drew doesn't have to be your primary ball handler. But I, but I'm really excited about Julius Randle, man. Um, Me too. A lot of the the, the numbers on Randle and the potential therein. Him, Anthony Davis, and Miritich as as the big guy three man rotation combo. That's one of the best in the. Uh, that's one of the best in the entire uh, NBA potentially. No. So I want to see what can, what they can do. Alice, you bumped your head. What's wrong? You know why she's crying? Actually, dude. Why? She's she's crying because she just thought about how Anthony Davis is going to leave the Pelicans for the Lakers after this year. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that is a. Uh... Definitely a worry that I don't even want to think about yet. Do, do they talk about it on L.A. radio? 
Um, a little bit. It's kind of like every time an Anthony Davis rumor comes out or every time Anthony Davis has a big game, I just see a bunch of, like, Instagram posts from the L.A. kids or, like, the Lakers um, beat writers just saying, oh, LOL, like, Pelicans enjoy him now. He'll be ours in 2020, whatever. So, you know, that's definitely a concern that will definitely be a possibility. So I hope that doesn't happen, I mean, of course. It, it just all looks like it's lining up, right? He just fired his agent. He's probably going to hire, is it Rich Paul from Clutch Sports, who is LeBron James' agent? He bought the house in L.A. And the saddest part is, Bryce, I can't even really blame him if he were to go because this Pelicans front office, for the most part, has done a terrible job of building around him in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, like they have they have put together a master class of what not to do when you have a generational superstar. Now, I know they've got it together last year, and I hope that can continue this year. And so much rides on this year. Like, if they don't show improvement, then why would he stay? If they do, then maybe he does. But I'm not even upset about it. I've kind of reached the acceptance stage where I'm just trying to enjoy the time we have left. Yep. Like, because I've been yelling at people for years now. Like, you have a top 50 player of all time playing in New Orleans right now, and nobody even goes to the games. Like, you're, you're ignoring one of the best that's ever going to be in the NBA, and he's playing in your hometown, and one day he's going to be doing them, and you're going to be sad. So, my message to Pelicans fan this year is to get out to the blender, get to the Smoothie King Center, and support and enjoy this man. While you still have them. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, last thing about the Pelicans, and then I'll let you go. But so, with the Pelicans, it's like, obviously this roster is interesting. But what I do want to see out of Gentry this year is managing minutes better. Because I feel like Anthony Davis is always just, you know, like in the 40s. And, of course, he's the best player on the court. You want to play him the most. But now that you have Anthony Davis, Miritich, and Julius Randle, you gotta you, you gotta manage those minutes because this is not a season in where we can have a lose Anthony or Drew to a big injury, and that's always a worry because they're both yeah. they both had a lot of injuries in the past, and I think Drew Holiday is like past that, and he's really healthy. It seems from all of the um, Instagram posts with his trainer and you know him working out with Frank, who I hope turns out to be good. So yeah, I, he is kind of the shadow piece, like. If Frank Jackson can give you legitimate minutes at point guard, that is massive for this Pelicans. No, I completely agree. And I honestly really liked the signing yesterday of bringing in Jarrett Jack because, like, why not? He's He played great for the Knicks last year. He averaged, like, seven points a game with, like, six assists. You know, didn't get a lot of minutes. He started. But I remember when I was there, um, we were both there over, like, December, and the Knicks were in the blender, and Jarrett Jack hit a dagger three to beat us. So, <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh, it was so salty. Yeah, it was and so salty. This is Jack's man. third stint with New Orleans, too. Yeah, he's he's so been definitely a guy. He already knows the city. Yeah, no, I I definitely think it was a great move by Dell, just to just you know just to get a veteran to to help Alfred a little bit to help Frank. He's really he's had he's had an amazing career. Anyone who yeah. lasts in the NBA that long, you gotta respect. Losing Rondo point. is obviously he really large, but at the same time. Rondo in the regular season was nothing like playoff Rondo last 10 games of the year Rondo. So Yeah, no, no. And that, and, that, and that's a really good point to make is that, like, I mean, there was a healthy middle portion of the season where Rondo was unplayable. Yeah, he was so like awful. Like, his, his defense was terrible. The, the pace and facilitating wasn't there. 
he actually probably, in a weird way, Rondo kind of benefited from Cousins being out almost more than anyone because it seemed like he kind of stepped into this voided role, and and, and and that's when they started playing super fast. So, yeah, playoff Rondo is a different beast than regular season Rondo, Completely. for sure. I'm honestly, I'm so good with what happened in the offseason. At first, it was more just, like, plain shock. But now that, yeah. you know, yeah. I think the entire time, Dell was like, you know what, we want to build around Anthony and Drew. And if Boogie comes yes. back, you know, he's saying how he, he was saying he was going to be back for training camp, but let's be real. It, it, it's a torn Achilles, you know, you can't, you got to be very careful with that, and to rely on, you know, someone coming off of that injury to be back that fast, you know, it was just a little scary. Like, I was listening yeah, to... Yeah, and, and even from what I've heard a little bit, like, let's say you even had a situation with a fully healthy boogie, like, I think they would have committed to him just because they almost felt like they had to, because they were already so committed, but... I don't know that they fully loved the Boogie experience as much as they maybe thought they would originally. I, I completely agree. Boogie on it, honestly kept, like kept us in games that we should have been killing. Like he he he's very turnover prone as like he averaged the most turnovers in the league last year, like more than yeah. Russell Westbrook. So you know, yeah. Boogie of course, he's one of the most, like, flashy. He's a great, you know, he's one of the best big men and probably just, like, the coolest big men in the league of how he plays, how he can <laughs> shoot the three, how he likes to dribble from the three-point line and drive. Like, But, you know, we get we get that now in Julius Randle, especially with the – he has better ball handling skills, and we have Nico to shoot three. So we kind of get Boogie in two different players. So, I don't know. I agree. I think I'm, a li- I'm happier with – this offseason just because I think this is a real team as opposed to, like, an, ex- an experiment. I think the fact that Julius Randle says he wants to be in New Orleans for the long run, Nico has said that as well. Obviously, we have Drew now. I think Anthony Davis is happy in New Orleans right now. I think he's happy with how the offseason went. You know, I think we're just getting guys that can actually commit to the franchise. And if we do lose AD, I do think there'll be a backup plan you know, in the next coming years. So I'm not really worried for the Pelicans franchise. It's just a matter of staying healthy at this point. Hell yeah, Bryce. I think that is a a solid take on all things Pelicans right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, T-Bob, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. I hope the baby feels better from hitting her head. Uh, (laughs) You know, just I'll text you later. T-Bob, guys... If you're in Louisiana listening, you better be listening to T-Bob from 7 to 9 a.m. on 104.5. T-Bob, let's go Tigers. Let's go Pels. It's very good to talk to you. I'll I'll talk to you later, man. Thank you. Thank you you a lot for having me on the pod. And uh, you're kicking ass. Keep keep grinding. Appreciate it, bro. Keep putting episodes out and keep it up to good work. Hell yeah, baby. All right. See you later, T-Bob. All right. Later, man. Have a good one. That was uh, T-Bob, baby. He's... Very successful, just, you know, getting getting a lot of stuff done. Really proud of him. Been friends with him my entire life. And, you know, to see someone who wants to do kind of the same thing I want to do with radio, just talking about sports, it's great because he can help me. So I'm very blessed to have him in my life. Um, for those of you who are wondering where Jack is, Jack is under the weather today. He couldn't make it out. But it's not like he's off the basketball or anything. He's still, obviously, the co-host. So don't worry. Jack is still here. Um, you know, just 12th episode of the bas- basketball. 
For those also wondering, we apologize. We haven't been putting out many episodes lately. You know, school kind of hit us. I have a lot of football practice. It's hard to find the time. But when the NBA season starts, we promise we will be back to the more weekly, like two episodes a week uh, basis, just because there's going to be more content and just going to be a lot of fun for us. We're going to be a lot more interested to talk about the NBA as opposed to having to come up with weird, random topics. But thank you, everyone who tuned in. You know, follow me on Twitter. Follow T-Bob on Twitter. It's a great time. We're going to have more special guests coming on very soon. I'm pretty sure that was the 12th episode officially. Pretty awesome how we're going. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So have a good one, guys. Thanks.